The NFL Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get a $100 free bet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. NFL kicks off this week and get ready for all 32 team previews on sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash NFL previews. Sean and Ryan went through every single team. So go back, make sure you check that out. Get your futures bets in, get your week one bets in on all 32 teams. Check out the team previews at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash NFL preview today. NFL previews with an S. Make sure you get that S on there. And the free roll football contest is back and better than ever. $5,000 up for grabs in the NFL, $1,500 up for grabs in college football. Sign up now over in our Discord. You got to go to our Discord for the contest link. SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash Discord. I'm just about that action, boss. And now is the moment you've all been waiting for. Let's get ready for football. NFL, NFL, NFL. You guys know the voice. You know who it is. It's me, Really Real, Villain Real, Terrell from Junior here at your service. And it is NFL season, the first podcast breaking down the season for many 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 best of luck to everyone i got my partner in crime here with me scott studio Rachel. scott what's going on nothing much happy to be here for the start of the nfl season as fun as it was going through division previews and everything like that it's a lot more fun to talk about games and it's finally here so it should be a lot of fun can't believe we're basically like three or four days away from the start of the season mm-hmm. and it's gonna be a lot of fun but there's a lot of money to be made So let's get it. Yo, let's get it. A lot of money to be made. And it feels like it's like this big anticipation. And like the NFL has its own day of the week. There's this big anticipation every single year. And we don't get let down. There's sometimes get instant classic games from the NFL. I love it. I love it. I love it. We are here. This is the NFL totals episode. So we're going to go through the entire slate and give you all the totals. Talk about some things that go into picking your totals and just giving out a whole bunch of locks on strictly totals. So if you're looking for a side, make sure you come back later in the week and check out the sides episode. But we're breaking down just straight totals here. And look, money's money. So it don't matter. Side, total, money line, whatever you like to bet, whatever's your cup of tea. We giving out locks every single episode, every day, and they cash. So, Scott, it's a lot that goes into a total more than just Team A playing Team B. There's there's a whole bunch of external factors that go into totals, right? Uh, Yeah, definitely. Uh, When it comes down to either injury reports, which, you know, cannot be understated. You have to talk about some potential, maybe coaching philosophies. Talk about what, just because you think a team should do X, Y, and Z, doesn't mean that an individual coach is going to want to stray 
from his usual identity. So you mm-hmm. got to keep that in mind as well. Of course, you got to talk about just depth charts, worrying about, uh, you know, anybody that might be kind of ties into injuries, but anybody that might be especially weak at a given position, particularly on the offensive line, if they have a lot of injuries and you have to worry about protection. So there's a lot of other stuff to go through. Most people just look at the weather and they move on. Some people forget about the weather, but it's kind of important to also factor that in. A lot of variables at play. Week one's especially dangerous for totals because you don't exactly know what to expect from each team or how the games might be officiated, but that's where we come in. Yeah, absolutely, and I'm looking forward to it. We're about to get into the slate and just go ahead and get going. We have a deep, deep card. It's the NFL. We're breaking down every game. Deep card, so... Before we do that, got to get us paid. Let's talk to about when bet. Now's the perfect time for customers who bet $100 to get a $100 free bet. Yes, all new customers who bet $100 get a $100 free bet. Perfect for kicking off this NFL season. Plus, the WinBet Casino is open 24-7. And you can always get your 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. Make sure you head over to the WinBet Casino. Plus, win in their first QB to throw five touchdowns. Props, make sure you tap into that bet. First QB to throw five touchdown props. So much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bets today. Offer such a change, terms, conditions at winbet.com. Must be 20 on order and present in the state where play through winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And we have the free roll football contest. College football, $1,500 up for grabs. NFL, $5,000 up for grabs. And a two-night stay at Win Las Vegas. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. Hop in our Discord. We have the contest link in there, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord for that contest link for the free roll football contest. We're also brought to you by Elias Sports Bureau. Have you ever like been watching, you know, TV and they go and throw a stat on the screen and you see Elias, like Elias at the bottom? They're the people that give you the stats. They give you the stats for NFL, NBA, MLB, all of these sports across the United States. And they're also giving you an app. The Elias Sports app is the only sports app from the most trusted name in sports gives you everything you need from statisticians all of this stuff team records player stats expert game analysis for betting fantasy lineups all of that other stuff whole bunch of new features like player injury analysis i'm definitely going to be using this all year when we talk about totals when we talk about fantasy we talk about thursday night football all of that stuff I'm using the elias game plan app make sure you do it too so download the Elias Game Plan app today. And right now I have, when you subscribe, you get a 14 free try, 14 day, 14 day free trial off a monthly subscription plan. But only if you use promo code, guess what? SGPN. Yes. Promo code SGPN gets you a 14 day free trial off a monthly subscription plan. Find the Elias Game Plan Sports Betting app in the Google Play Store and the App Store. Use promo code SGPN. All right, Scott, let's go ahead and get into the car. We're starting on Thursday night with the kickoff of the NFL season. Thursday, September 8th, 8.20 p.m. on the Great East Coast. 
we have the Buffalo Bills playing the Los Angeles Rams. That total is set at 52 and a half. It opened up at 52. Let's go ahead and look at what we have for at least somewhat of an injury report earlier on in the week. Quentin Morris is questionable at tight end. Marquez Stevenson is on injured reserve. Javius White is still being read as out right now. And he's done for the first four games because they put him on the pup list. So he's out at least the first four games. That's really big for them at corner of Travis White. And Tommy Doyle is questionable. And I, uh, body getter, gigger, I don't know. I'm going to mess that up. Either way, he's on the pup list as well. Guard, he is has a chance to play, but he's out at least the first four games. For the Los Angeles Rams, what do we have here for the Rams? Where there's so many teams in the NFL. Dear God, what if these report injury reports are long? Hey Scott. Yep. It's like half the league is hurt. Yeah, it definitely seems that way, and that's not even going into the midweek questionable tag situation. Yeah. Where all right, you know that the numbers are going to be inflated when it comes to injuries. You, you, know, you always have gamesmanship when it comes to coaches trying to inflate the injury report. Nobody really knows. But either way, uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of injuries in preseason or practice, and you're going to have to wait and see over the course of the week who's actually going to play and who's not. Yeah, as of right now, big news for the Rams. I'm not about to go through all these names. People don't even know these. I'm not about to sit here and play like a whole bunch of people know these names. But the name that everybody knows is Van Jefferson. Van Jefferson is questionable right now. He didn't participate in Monday's practice session. And so right now listed as questionable for the game Thursday. All right. 52 and a half on this total. Oh, let's go ahead. I think I have a weather report, too. I should have that pulled up. Let's see here. That's baseball. Let's go to NFL. All right. There we go. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Rams, 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 Rams. All right. No, I don't have weather. But it's a, it's a dome, freaking dome. So shouldn't be anything that really should impact in total in this game. All right, Scott. You have in this game two projected top, top five. five offices. Yeah top five offices and projected top 10 defenses in this game. Give yeah. or take, give or take. Mm. Why do I feel like we're going to get a rock fight for the first game? We might, uh, especially with where the totals located. It does seem a little bit trappy. I mean, you figure you're going to see Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills take on the Rams who have Cooper Cup. They got Allen Robinson. Mm -hmm. They got weapons. And the total's 52. If I asked you what the total would be when you first heard this matchup, you'd probably assume what? Like 55 and a half? Maybe 54. I was 54, thinking 54. 55 and a half, you know, somewhere yeah. in the middle 50s. So it does seem a little bit low. They are in LA, so you know weather's not going to be a problem because they have a roof, which helps. Mm -hmm. But you do have to address the elephant in the room. You mentioned the injury report and how. The Rams might be without a couple people. He's not going to be out. He's going to play. But we got to talk about Stafford because he's been battling some arm issues all camp. And mm -hmm. he did not play in the preseason. It seems like the elbow is, I'd say, manageable, but not exactly ideal. 
And we know that Stafford has played through injuries entire career in Detroit and Detroit t- tried to get him killed every year. But how concerned are you about his injuries that he's dealing with? And how many points do you think that's potentially factored into the actual total? Because at first glance, it does seem extremely low, but the Stafford injury news has been a bit, I'd say quiet. And it seems like the Rams are trying to keep it that way. Mm Mm-hmm. How concerned are you about the elbow? I'm not very concerned. I think that if I think my concern for Stafford will be towards the end of this the season, you know, after a lot of attrition and just piling up miles on that elbow, I think at that point it's probably bothersome. And I'm not and I'm not going to say that it doesn't like he's probably feeling it. But I don't – Matthew Stafford's a tough son of a bitch. Like, if you've seen what he was going through in, in Detroit, he was getting killed and coming out there and playing every single game. I think that he's feeling something, but I don't think it's going to have any impact on his mechanics. Maybe just call me something fate in all the news that they're trying to feed me, but I don't think there's going to be any difference because of the er- elbow in Matthew Stafford. I think it's going to be the same gunslinger Matthew Stafford that we've always gotten, and we're going to be guaranteed a pick or two. Yeah, I think that's going to be expected. Now, do you think the Rams can actually stop the Bills? I think they can. Well, I, I don't want to say I'm stop, not gonna but say, I think, I, I think yeah. that it's not going to be like they're not going to go down there and score every single possession. I don't think that's going to be the yeah, case. Yeah, I'll, I'll rephrase it. I don't think they're going to be New England in the playoff game and give up 50. But I'm asking, do you think the Bills get to, <laughs> let's say, 31? No. I don't think so. I think you, that this is a more... Do you lean to the under, then? Yeah, I think I lean to the under in this one. So, and one, it's because these defenses are, are actually really good. And I know when you think of the Rams and you think of Sean McVay, you think of these offenses, and, you, and then people automatically go back to that game in Mexico City where they play Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs and they put up 50-something points each team's. But if you go back and watch that game and you remember, there was a lot of defensive touchdowns scored in that game. It wasn't all the offense doing the scoring in that one. I don't, I'm don't. i not going to sit here and say that there's a bunch of defensive touchdowns in this game that's going to help the total. But I do think that both of these teams kind of want to come out here and like, hey, flex their muscles on the other side of the ball a little bit, saying that we can slow down this u- uber-talented, really, really good offense. The Bills projected as the number one offense, and the Rams coming off of the Super Bowl are like, oh, we can slow this offense down. Both of them made some very good additions over the course of the year, especially the Bills and bringing in Von Miller and the talent that they have on that defensive side of the ball, the commitment they have on defense, plus Sean McDermott, defensive head coach. So, yeah, I think I want to fade this total with a new offensive coordinator coming in on that side of the ball for Bills. And I just think that these defenses are going to play this a little bit tougher first game of the season. I think we're going to get a little bit of a rock fight. Everybody thinks that, oh, well, let me go ahead and fire up all my touchdown parlays for this game. I I don't know. I think scoring is going to be at a premium. I think I'm going to slightly disagree just because I know weather is not going to be a factor. And I think that's Mm -hmm. going to be a big deal. And we talk about the importance of weather, but the fact that you have two quarterbacks who are capable of launching the ball, assuming Stafford's elbows are not totally messed up, they can launch the ball 70 yards in the air, no questions asked. So you might see a couple of really, really fast scoring drives, a couple of big plays if there's some type of miscommunication or breaking coverage downfield. Mm -hmm. And I do think as a result, you could have a couple of really, really fast 70-something yard drives. I think I'm going to lean to the over 
it does look trappy. I'll admit it. I don't think it's going to be an easy, easy over. You might see a low-scoring first half as mm-hmm. these teams kind of feel each other out. And Stafford hasn't played in an actual game since the Super Bowl, including preseason. So he might be a little bit rusty to start. I think I'm going to lean to the over, though. I can see Buffalo reaching 30, but I do think if they end up winning this game uh, somewhere around 30 to 24, I wouldn't be totally surprised. I think one of these teams could reach 30, and I think this game should be competitive throughout. Mm -hmm. That's good enough for me. I'm going to lean to the over, but I will at least acknowledge it's not one of my favorite plays because this total does look like an extreme trap. So let me see. I'm going to tell you one statistic, and I'm going to see if I can sway you to this under. Okay. In 19 games at SoFi Stadium, the Rams. So this is the regular season and the postseason, including the Super Bowl, which was just so happened and played in SoFi. They are 14-4-1 to the under. Okay. Is that enough? No. <laughs> I, I mean, because I, I'm trying to, I'm comparing what they had last year and a big piece of that defense and a big reason why they won the Super Bowl was Von Miller. And Von Miller now plays for the other side, so he's still going to play a factor in this game, but I wonder about the Rams' pass rush. Donald mm-hmm. is not getting suspended, even though he tried to decapitate somebody with a helmet, but he's not going to miss this game. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like both teams in the secondary, I know Jalen Ramsey's still very, very good. I think he's a little overrated now, but he's still very solid as a corner. I think there are ways or at least spots for both quarterbacks to exploit these secondaries for big plays. It really just comes down to the big plays for me. Anytime both offenses are capable of generating many, many 40-plus yard plays in any given game, I'm kind of going to lean to the over anyway. The whole game's going to come down to red zone defense for this total. If you have a couple of field goals inside of the 20-yard line, you're going to cash this under. I'll take my chances because I do like both offenses a lot. I'm still going to lean to the over. Once again, not one of my favorite plays, but I do think Buffalo or the Rams could score 30 in a very competitive game. That's good enough for me to lean to the over. All right. You make some valid points. I hope you lose, but you make some valid points. Cause I, I'm, I'm not I'm, going to bet the over, so I don't – I mean, I'm, I said I, I'm leaning it, but I'm not going to bet it. It's If you want to bet the first game of the season and you want to lean over when one team specifically refuses to use any starters in preseason, which is the Rams I'm talking about, mm-hmm. have fun. Because I don't know anything about the Rams this year, and I'm not going to judge it solely from what I saw last year, assuming that the defense is going to be this or this is going to be that. But I just really like this Buffalo team, and mm-hmm. I think they're going to be an offensive juggernaut. That's good enough for me. Yeah. All right. Um. I think I. I don't know. Fourteen four and one is really good number. I, it is. I might. I gotta. I gotta see this game closer to game time and see how the line moves. But I'm. I might lock this under in. I feel really good about it. I think that we're gonna get. We're gonna get a pretty. I'm not gonna say it's a boring game because that's Kobe's wet dream to have a game that ends seven three like the freaking South Dakota State game and Iowa seven three no touchdowns no touchdowns but. I think that it's going to be low scoring. I think people are going to be a little bit disappointed after the night's over because they didn't get to see a bum barrage of touchdowns. All right, let's move on to the next game of the slate. We have the Baltimore Ravens trying to play the New York Jets. 
44 and a half is the total here. Come a tick down. Opened up at 45. Let's go see what we have here for an injury report for both of these two squads. Well, we don't know who's the quarterback for one of these teams. So, you know, that's going to. Yeah, really. Yeah, that's going to be the big thing. But uh, so we got David Ojabo who is out. Remember, he's he had that pre that preseason injury in the draft process. Yeah, so Michigan he's still player. out. Yeah, he's still out. J.K. Dobbins is questionable. There's been reports that he is going to go. Been reports that he's not going to go. Uh, Edwards is on the pup list, right? So yeah, a little bit Ed- shorthanded at a running back. Yeah, they just brought in Kenyon Drake, but Jim Harbaugh said Kenyon Drake signing is not an indication of if J- J.K. Dobbins is going to go or not. And then let's see. Let's scroll down here see some – Tyus Bowser is on the pup list. He's going to be out for a few games. Ronnie Stanley is questionable. That's something to keep an eye on. Let's see here. You already talked about that. Marcus Peters is officially questionable. And take some of this stuff with a grain of salt, guys. It's probably changed like as the as we get closer to the week. So make sure you're watching these injury reports, especially day of. And Peters, nobody knows because he's been rehabbing an ACL injury for basically yeah. a year. So nobody knows if he's going to actually play or if he does in what capacity because he might play technically, but like 20 something percent of the snaps, like it's really difficult when you have a first game of the season mm-hmm. and you just destroyed your knee last year. You're not exactly sure how quickly you should ramp the player back up in game action. Mm-hmm. And that's something that there's really no right answer for. So even if Peters plays, I don't know how long he's going to play. And I don't know how good he's going to look. So Peters is a huge wild card one way or another. Yeah, for the Jets, DJ Reed questionable as of right now. Uh, Bryce Huff is questionable. Makai Bilton, Beckton is on IR. He's up for the done. year. Yeah, he's done for the year. Let's see. And yep, the big news: Zach Wilson is questionable. He is possible that he could start. It's very possible, or we could get the re- the revenge game narrative with Joe Flacco. Let's go over here and try to peep into an, a little bit of a weather report for this game. It, we look like we're at in the 80s, zero chance of rain, about regular winds, five to seven miles, eight miles. Over the course of the game, about five to eight miles winds. So nothing really egregious there on the weather report. Partly cloudy, mostly cloudy, whatever. All right. I mean, I like the under. I'm not going to, you know, overthink this. I'm not going to waste many people's time. I just like the under. I don't know. Uh, I think the I think the Ravens could score a bunch. The Ravens could score a bunch. But first of all, I think if you I think if you want the over to cash, you want Flacco to start for the Jets. I'm just going to say it. I think Flacco is a better quarterback right now than Zach Wilson. And I don't think that's a hot take at all, if you Mm -hmm. watched any of the preseason or any of the actual scrimmages. Flacco was miles ahead of Wilson. Wilson's also coming off a knee injury, so you don't know if he's going to actually be as mobile as he could be trying to escape pass rushers. Not to mention, he also threw a really awful interception before he got injured in that Eagles preseason game. Mm -hmm. I just think the Ravens, even if they can score a lot of points, because their offense is based so heavily on the ground game, I don't think they're going to score quickly. I think that a lot of their drives are going to be slow and methodical. You might have a couple of big runs by Lamar or maybe a play-action pass or two that might go for 40-something yards. But the fact that the Ravens could milk a lot of clock on any given drive 
and the fact that the Jets, even with Flacco, I mean, they don't exactly have a good offense. They have a couple of decent weapons at the receiver position, but the offensive lines are not very good. The ground game should be okay. We're not exactly sure how it's going to look with Hall and Carter being in some type of committee, but should be okay. The Jets' defense, the first stringers, were not particularly good in preseason, which is concerning. But I think I'm going to take the under just because I personally think Wilson's going to start. The fact that he's kind of starting to uh, trend towards playing based on reports and how he's been healing relatively well. Would you agree with me that it seems like, based on early reports, Wilson's going to, quote-unquote, tough it out and give it a go? Because that's what I see happening. Yeah, I agree with that. So I'm going with the under, because I think Zach Wilson's not very good. So... I th- I think I'm going against you again, man. Okay, I'm fine yeah, with that. I think I'm, yeah, I think I'm on the over on this one, because... So my homeboy, and this is one of my good friends, and he I just always go to him about Ravens stuff because he's the most pessimistic Ravens fan in the world. He thinks the Ravens are gonna lose damn near every game. Like he is very he thinks he's so pessimistic about the Ravens. And so I love going to him about information. And he pointed one thing out to me one year, and he said, you know, we normally kill teams week one. A lot of the time, we normally like destroy teams week one. And so I put everything on the Ravens week one last year against the Raiders and they lost that game. But what I did notice is that the offense looks good. The offense looks good because they take the preseason very, very serious. They take training camp very, very serious. Jim Harbaugh, John Harbaugh makes sure that his team is ready for the season. And when week one comes around, they put up points. So I a hundred percent believe that this Ravens team is going to come up here and put up points. Now, The only thing that I need to make sure is that the Jets can do anything, muster up any type of offense. And if I think there's a week that they can catch the Ravens slipping and score a touchdown or two more than they probably would have, I think it's week one. So I'm really just banking on this Ravens offense to do about 95% of the scoring. I think that I'm taking this team total over for the Ravens. That is probably going to be one of my better bets for this weekend. The team total over for the Ravens. I'm not locking it in now, but as soon as I see more injury reports and follow up some things on defensive side of the ball with the Jets, this team total for the Ravens is what I'm looking for. So that's probably going to be a lock for me over the course of this week. But I just I like this over because I think that the Ravens are going to do majority of the scoring and I just need the Jets to help me out. Oh, uh, what with a touchdown, maybe a touchdown, a field goal and give me the rest of the points to the Ravens. I just think that since the Jets have serious question marks at the quarterback position right now, I kind of have to lean to the under. Uh, the Ravens, you mentioned Stanley potentially not playing. That's a big deal in the offensive line. So mm-hmm. I kind of want to wait to see how that ends up shaking out closer to the game. But the Ravens still don't have many good receivers. And it concerns me based on, once again, quick strike ability. I don't think the Ravens have much of that in the passing game. Now, you could always just have Lamar air one out to Bateman or somebody, and you might end up getting a big play out of it. I just think that the Ravens are going to be able to run the ball well against the Jets, but maybe not generate as many 30-yard runs as people think. I think if they average Mm -hmm. five yards a carry and they drain up a couple of minutes, like six or seven minutes a scoring drive, you might end up seeing a pretty lower scoring game than people think. Mm -hmm. It opened up at 45. It's down to 44 and a half. I think the Ravens team total would be my favorite actual bet for and over in this game. I think the Ravens probably get to 30 in this game. 
or at least 28. You can I get just, that team. To, oh, my bad. Yeah, no, you, what, what's the team total at? Yeah, you can get over at Winbet at 24 and a half at minus 125. That's too low. I think they're yeah, going to score at that's least a lot. 27. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm yeah. actually going to tell you right now it's a lot because I know for a fact that the Ravens have eclipsed this win total in the past four seasons. And the only season, no, three seasons. They, so they've done it the past three seasons since 2018. So that, no, that is four seasons. Yeah, 2018, they have passed this win total. And then the season before that, 2017, they beat the Bengals 20 to zero. So but win I mean, total or team total? Win total. Team total. Team okay, total. Team Did total. I say win total? Yeah, you said win total. That's why oh, I was my bad. Yeah, team total. Yeah, they've eclipsed this team total in the first game of the year for four years straight. The fifth year, it was 20 to zero. So yeah. 24 and a half. I think that's way too low. Minus 125. A little bit of juice, but I'll pay the extra quarter. Give me that. That's a lock. I'll go ahead and give out my first lock for the show. I'm just going to assume the game's going to finish somewhere around 27-10. So I'm going to go with the under. All right. Let's move on to the next game of the slate. That gave me an idea of how to do the rest of these games, too. So I'm going to be looking forward to doing that. Let's see here. There we go. The San Francisco 49ers travel to Chicago to play the Bears. Total is set at 42. San Francisco 49ers team total over 24 points at minus 125, plus 105 for the under. Team total for the Bears set at 17, plus 105 for the over, minus 125 for the under. Let's go try to look at a little bit of an injury report here. And honestly, guys, we can tell you this injury report stuff now, and we might actually take this out the show later because it's so much changing over the course of the week that you really need to keep watching and looking and seeing when that official report that comes out on Wednesdays comes out and then start following that all the way till Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Especially with us doing the show on Tuesday, you know half the people are going to be questionable anyway, even yeah. if there's a no chance they play, just for some gamesmanship. So I'm not exactly sure how much the injury report's going to actually help all of you right now because yeah, I'm everyone's going to be I'm questionable. Gonna... Like we're not going to know anything until yeah, close gonna... game time. I'm not going to. I'm not going to read it off. You guys, just make sure you check the injury report. If it's something big, we're talking about yeah. it. But I'm not going to go through the whole injury report. That's there. We go. We're figuring this out on the fly, guys, and it's really working. All right, for Chicago, let's see if we get some wins here. That's a big thing. So Chicago, 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 Chicago. We have about 65 degrees, 66 degrees during the game. Winds of 11 miles an hour, pretty steady at 11 miles an hour throughout the whole game. And we have slight chance of rain. It could be light rain, light drizzle, nothing really, really heavy, but it's probably going to have some light rain through there somewhere. All right, Scott, 49ers and the Bears, Trey Lance versus Justin Fields. Kind of a rivalry game a little bit. Maybe not in Trey Lance's eyes, but definitely in Justin Fields' eyes as everybody thought when the 49ers made that trade. Oh, they're going to get Justin Fields. They talked about it on TV all the time, and they said what Justin Fields is going to look like in that offense. And draft day came, and I cashed a plus 750 bet because I bet Trey Lance. How does this one turn out? I like the under in this game. You mentioned the quarterbacks. That's pretty much enough for me. Uh, I am not high on Trey Lance at all. 
I know some people at the network are, and they think that he has a potential shot to be either a dark horse MVP candidate or at least a significant upgrade over Garoppolo. I don't think Garoppolo is very good. I'm just going to say that first things first. But I also don't think Trey Lance is very good. And I haven't seen him play much. And everyone's crowning him as being this next guy. From what I've seen, I don't think he's a very good thrower. I know he's mobile. I know he's got a decent arm in terms of strength. Is he accurate? Not really. Did he look good in preseason? Not really. Is he going to stay healthy? I don't know. He got hurt last year. I just don't like either quarterback. And I'm not going to blame Justin Fields entirely. I think that there are a lot of flaws to his game. It doesn't help when he's running for his life one second after the snap every play. (laughs) I don't think the Bears can protect him. And even Lance had to deal with some protection issues in preseason later on. I don't know what to think of the Bears defense. Is Roquan going to play? I don't know because they won't pay him. So you have some question marks, but it's going to come down to quarterback play. Both quarterbacks are good at running. I don't Mm. think they're both good at throwing. And the Bears defense is usually stingy. The 49ers defense is usually good as well. I like the under. I know it's a low total. It's going to be probably closer to game time at 40, 40 and a half. It's at 41 and a half now. I don't know how more under money does not come in with Justin Fields versus Lance, mostly Justin Fields. If you don't think the Bears are potentially going to score two touchdowns in the game, then how are you supposed to take the over? Mm-hmm. I can't. I think the Bears might score 10 points. I think they're going to be one of the worst offenses in the league because they have no receivers besides Mooney, and they're trying to get Fields killed. So I'm going with the under. I'm just expecting an ugly 20-10 to 10 type game. The Niners probably win, but you're going to f- watch something else because this game should not be fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm with the under. And I'm just thinking about this pretty stout Niners defense. And the Bears making the negative EV move of hiring a defensive-minded head coach, apparently. And so, coming over from the offensive coordinator, Matt Eberflus. Like, I I just think scoring is going to be at a premium. And I am a more of a Trey Lance believer than anybody on our network, but not as much as the you know, Trey Lance stands. Mm-hmm. I think I, there's a nice middle ground where I'm not of the what people on our network think of Trey Lance, but I'm not with the, oh, he's the next coming MVP, all this, blah, blah. I'm in a very middle, middle ground where I think he's going to be an excellent game-managing quarterback that is mobile on his feet. When he needs to throw the ball, he'll make the pass, but they're going to not put the ball in his hands too often. It's going to stay on the ground. This is like Kyle Shanahan's wet dream, having this mobile quarterback with the run game that he has. I think he's been looking forward to this for a very long time. There is a reason that they went to go get Trey Lance, and I don't think it's anything that they saw from him passing the ball, more of what they can do with him as a runner. And I think that this game and throughout the entire season is going to show that, yes, we know that we drafted him as a quarterback. We know that we need to pass the ball in this league. We're still going to play our run-style offense, and we're going to put the ball in his hands when we need to. We think he can make the play when we need to, but it's focused on running the ball. I think they're going to bleed so much clock in this game, dominate time of possession. I'm going with the under as well. I think it is a very, very slow game. Yeah. I, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. I'm not saying Lance is going to be a bust. I'm just saying first season as a starter, mostly the fantasy football community, but a lot of people are just looking at Lance going, he's the guy. 
You sure it's about not that? A lot of people. It's not a lot of people that can pop out first season as a starter and be really, really good. No. And if you can do that, usually you have... Your name is Patrick of, Mahomes. Well, I was going to say, you have a proven track record in worst-case scenario, college. Lance didn't play much in college. <laughs> he played one game his final season as an audition and then went on to practice for preparing for the draft. And then he played like two games last year or started. Mm-hmm. I know he was a gadget quarterback in a couple of packages, but I think that you hit the nail on the head. He might, he's going to be a game manager quarterback and it's his first game as a game manager quarterback. So Shannon's going to run the damn ball and I'm yep. sure they'll be successful at it, but it's going to mm-hmm. eat up a lot of clock and I don't think the bears are going to do anything. So I think you're going to see a lot of potentially long field goal drives. I'm going with the under. I think this game's going to be one of the uglier games on the card. Give me a 20 to 14 final score. Okay. I 20 to 10. So we're on the same page. Yeah. Nah, because I think the Bears cover. So that's why I said 14. <laughs> I throw that in there. All right. Let's move on to the next game of slate. We have the Indianapolis Colts playing the Houston Texans. Yes. Grudge match. <laughs> I wonder if like these fan bases actually don't like each other. Like, do like we know, you know, think about the NFC East Giants fans, Eagles fans, Commanders fans, Cowboys fans, they all actually hate each other. Do like do NF, do the do the AFC South teams hate each other like that? As a matter of fact, somebody that is a fan of one of those teams, can you like hop in my mentions and just let me know at really real underscore underscore on Twitter? Let me know. Do y'all actually really, really hate your rivals like with the passion? Because I hate my rivals. Well, you know, two teams automatically are going to hate each other. It's going to be Atlanta and New Orleans. They want to, the fans want to kill each other. I mean, yeah. that's oh, a yeah. given. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I'm talking about the AFC South. Like the AFC South just feel, I just feel like they're like, all right, we're playing the Texans. Okay. We I'm sorry. You said, a- I thought you said NFC South. Oh no, no. I meant say AFC if I did, okay. but yeah, I'm like, Hey, the AFC. Does the AFC South teams hate each other? I don't know if they hate each other. I All don't right. know how many people in the fan base that fan base actually care. Like, do the Jaguars hate anybody besides their ownership? I mean, mm. they wore they wore clown outfits to the yeah. final game of the season because they just hate Khan and they think he's an awful owner. So Points for Jaguar, me. the Jaguars are preoccupied. The Colts, ah, uh, I guess the Colts and Texans because uh, Colts and uh, Titans, I mean, because they're constantly competing for the division title. But like, the Titans keep winning it. So it's like the Titans might not even see that as a rivalry. That's what I'm saying, I, I guess. <laughs> and the Texans, I don't know if they care enough anymore. Like, I, I I guess the Texans and the Colts used to have a little bit of a thing, but not really. The NFC South, the team, the division I thought you said, has a lot stronger rivalries than the AFC South. Yeah. Yeah. But, no, no. I, I, could, I could rock with the NFC South. I, I, I think they actually don't like each other, but I don't know. I just feel like these, maybe it's because I'm, not on that part of the world. Maybe that's it. Yeah, I'm probably just because I'm not. I think it's also geographic. Like, why do, Why would anyone care about Jacksonville? Think about, Very like, how true. close you are to the actual other teams. And that's why New Orleans yeah, and Eagles Atlanta right fans there. hate each other, because you're actually close together, and you just want to kill each other. But I can't look past the fact that Jacksonville's all the way over here, like Rutgers in the Big Ten, and you're supposed to have a rivalry going on when you live like hundreds of thousands of miles away from from where they're located. I yeah. just I don't think they have a rivalry with anybody besides maybe the Dolphins. I don't even know if that counts. Hmm. Man, we gotta. I gotta. I'm gonna. I'm on a mission this season to figure this question out. I'm gonna ask fans. I'm gonna. I think most rivalries goals. are based on just geography. Of yeah. course, divisions help, but if you're near people or teams that you don't like, you're more likely to dislike them. 
and you're going to be to the game. To, yeah, you know, you're going to yeah, go to the games. Right. You're going to see a lot more fans of that team, and you might have your own personal stories or altercations. But then you have a couple of teams in divisions which are not that close geographically to other teams in division, and you hear about them, but you don't actually see. Like, I'm curious how many Colts fans have actually seen Jaguars fans walking around in person. <laughs> Probably not many. Just yeah. saying. All right. Let's keep it moving. We got distracted. Sorry about that, people. Total game total set for the Colts and Texans at 46 and a half. Climbed up, opening at 44 and a half. It's already two points of value on that on one bet. 227 is the win, not win total. 27 is the team total for the Annapolis Colts. 19 and a half is the team total for the Texans. All right. In a dome. Don't have to worry about any external factors in this one. What are you doing with the Colts and Texans with this two points of, of line movement that's already happened? So initially, I thought in my head about taking an under because I think Matt Ryan's cooked. Mills is pretty good, at least for a rookie from what we saw, comparatively speaking, because all, all the other rookies weren't exactly good last year, but Mills was okay. At home. Yeah, at home. I think I'm going to lean to the over. At this point, I thought more about it. I don't really like anything about Houston's defense mm-hmm. at all. Now, you're hoping Lovey Smith can channel a couple of things because he had a pretty good defense there with the Bears. It helped that he had Erlacher on his team, who's mm-hmm. a Hall of Fame linebacker, and he also had Tillman and a lot of really good players on that defense. So you're hoping that he can at least maybe bring over a defensive philosophy. But mm-hmm. Matt Ryan, I feel like it's a classic Colts quarterback situation for the last couple of years where they start the year off really well, you think they're the answer, and two months in, you realize the guy's washed and you have, you're you going to have to struggle to make a playoff spot. That's what I really see for the Colts once again. I don't think Matt mm-hmm. Ryan's very good anymore, but I think he's good enough to do well against the Texans defense, which isn't very good. And Mills can hold his own. The Colts killed this team in the two meetings last year, and I believe the Texans didn't score in one of these games. I think they got shut out. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to go with the over. The fact that this has moved two points, I think, is telling to me, especially for a game where you wouldn't assume there would be a two-point line move to the over. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with the over. I I think that the under is a bit trappy. The Colts might score 30 here. Do you really like either defense? Because the Colts defense is, I'd say, intriguing. Yeah, I like the Colts defense. I think that it it might take a step back. So the reason that I'm on over is because I think that it takes a step back losing defensive coordinator. And, you know, it's just not like they're going to have to rebuild the identity, the identity of that defense. But do you like their secondary? I think their secondaries. That's my okay. issue. That's my issue with it. I, I like the front seven. That's really yeah. I like the front seven. I like the linebacker core. I like the D line. Secondary is where I have a little bit of an issue. But they've all they've really haven't had a really good secondary in a long time. To be honest, they just had people that played up. And that's probably due to coaching. But they've had people that have come in and played up in that organization. And, you know, Xavier Rose, when people thought he was cooked, he came to the Colts and yeah. played up a little bit. So I think it's more of coaching. And now that defensive coordinator is gone, so I'm kind of interested to see what their identity is on defense now. But I do lean to this over, 46 and a half. My best bet come, is coming from this one is the Texans team total over, though. I think I'm getting plus money for the 19 and a half. I truly think that the Texans with Davis Mills at home are going to be able to move the ball in this defense. And Pierce was officially named the starting running back, and he's a beast. So Yeah, and 
we talk about the questions we have in that secondary, just easy, quick plays, get Davis Mills going. He still has Brandon Cooks, who the efficiency that the two had last season was crazy. They were really, really good together. He has chemistry with Brandon Cooks. And I talk about Nico Collins, Reverend Jordan, like all these targets. He still has these targets from last year that he was comfortable with. He was cool throwing the ball to now a whole offseason to work with them. They know he's the guy. They didn't try to bring anybody else in. They said Davis Mills is going to be the guy. He has that season. He knows he's the starter 100 percent. Yeah, I like the Texans team total over on points 19 and a half. Actually, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and lock that, too. I feel like that's a lock. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and lock that, too. I like their team total over 19 and a half. I think that there are a couple ways to cash that. Either the Colts' defense isn't as good as people think it's going to be, and the Texans get off to a decent start. Yep. I know both of us don't like the Texans' defense. So the Colts could go up a bunch. The Colts could be up mm-hmm. 3 to 10. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, you got All a bunch of garbage off? time. Yeah. Uh, throws by Mills and they're going no huddle. We saw that against I believe it was the Rams last year. They scored like 16 points yeah. in the final. Yeah, like they, but and I think they covered that game too. They did. They they backdoored it because the Rams were laying like 18 points and the yeah. and the Texans lost by like 16. But the point is I do think garbage time could play a factor for the total, which is why I also kind of like the over. Anytime weather is not a factor, that's like a weight lifted off your shoulders for overs. The, but it's moved two points involving two teams that you really wouldn't think would warrant the, a two-point line move for an over. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty telling. I think it's sharp money. I'm on the over. All right. Cool. Let's move on to the next slate. I feel like we're going kind of slow. Let's try to pick this up. Well, before we get to the next slate, let's get, get us paid one more time before we pick things up and keep moving past the, this NFL Week 1 and I got to talk to you guys about FUBU TV because if you watch football, you need FUBU TV. Gives you the complete coverage of college and pro football with red zone games in 4K, no extra charge, over a hundred of live sports channels, entertainment for a fraction of the price of cable. And you can watch it on all your devices. Never miss an episode. You can watch it. it the toilet, put it on your phone, use it on the toilet. You can use their cloud-based DVR, all of that stuff. And there's no contract commitment, so you can cancel at any time. Right now, you can try Fruitwood TV free for seven days and get 15% off your first month. Just go to FUBUTV slash SGP, FUBUTV.com slash SGP. That's FUBUTV, F-U-B-O-T-V.com slash SGP. We're also brought to you by PromoGuide.us. Look, for all you sports bettors out there, I want to tell you it's the best way to increase your bankroll because they you can get the biggest bonuses from all the best sports books. We're talking $1,000 risk-free deposits. Crazy. Oz boost. And the best analytics in the business. Tons of free picks. PromoGuide.us is your guide for betting smart. That's PromoGuide.us. And Sleeper is the fastest-growing fantasy platform with millions and millions of players 
over-under game is integrated into the fantasy experience where you can pick the over-under props of your fantasy players, put them into the contest, and win from 2 to 20 times the money you put in. And I'm super excited about it because it has a chat feature where I can see everybody else that's in our SGP chat. I can see what they're betting on. If I see something I like, I can go ahead and put it in there too. And I can go and put it into the contest and get a whole bunch of money. And not only do they have NFL, they got college football too. Come on, you know that's my first love, college football. Yes. So get on your mobile phone, sleeper.com slash SGP, and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. Promo code SGP, go to sleeper.com slash SGP, and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply to Sleeper's terms of use for details. All right, let's keep moving down this slate. We have the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cincinnati Bengals kicking off in Cincinnati. 44 and a half is the total. Trubisky season. Trubisky season. He has been named the starter. Team total for the Steelers is at 19. Team total for the Bengals is at 25 and a half. Let's go over here and try to get a peek at a weather report. Anything interesting for this game? Six, seven mile an hour winds, overcast. No, doesn't look like a pretty high chance for rain at all. Keep watching that throughout the week. I see 50, I see 50, 50 for rain. You see 50, 50. Okay. Yeah. All right. So possible 50, 50 chance. Make sure you keep a look on that to make sure if it's raining or not. If it's raining, I'm definitely going to like the under in this game. But I kind of think I like it already. I think these are two pretty pretty decent defenses. I know we know that the Steelers are capable of, and we know how good they're capable of being on defense, but this Bengals team had a really, really good front four last year. Like they had a really, really good front four. And if you know anything about this Steelers team, you should know their offensive line still sucks. That didn't get addressed. That's not fixed. They didn't fix that. I know we're talking about Najee Harris and Mitch Trubisky and, you know, Ben Roethlisberger's gone. What's the new age without Ben? That offensive line still going to be rough. I think the Bengals can get enough pressure, kind of throw Trubisky off his game. I think Trubisky's going to have to be a runner a lot more this game. I actually like his rushing prop this game. I think the I think the Steelers keep it close, but I think they keep it close because there's not a lot of points scored. And I know that's hard saying, talking about a Joe Burrow-led offense with T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, and Joe Mixon. But, yeah, give me an under here, under 44 and a half. I'm going to go with the over in this one. We're going to okay. disagree. Uh, looking at the two meetings from last year, first game, Bengals ended up winning 24-10. to 10. The game was played in the monsoon, or really, really bad weather, and that's why the total was so low. Uh, they played again in Week 12, and the Bengals scored 41 points. I don't think Pittsburgh can stop this team, and the Bengals got a lot better on the offensive line, picking up Lyle Collins. They ha- really did a nice job of addressing the biggest concern that they had during the offseason, I don't think Pittsburgh can match up with these wide receivers. And I think if Cincinnati's going to go for potentially 35 in this game, this total's too low. And I'm not saying the Bengals will go for 35. I think 30 is definitely reasonable. The Steelers' defense, I get, got a lot of props for last year. Was Mm -hmm. it actually a great defense, or did TJ Watt just go nuts? I think TJ Watt went nuts, but I think they also have kind of... Establish themselves an identity on defense that they're not going to be like bottom of the barrel terrible. 
I like Fitzpatrick as a secondary guy as well. Do I like the corners? I think they're okay. But mm-hmm. I just saw the Bengals receivers torch this team twice last year, and I don't think they can match up in the passing game uh, or pass coverage, I should say. So I think the Bengals are going to get the 30 and change at home. I think they're going to look sharp. And even if he don't like Trubisky, he's better than Big Ben was last year. He can throw the ball more than 10 yards in the air. That's a step mm-hmm. in the right direction. I'm going to go with the over. I, I just think that both teams have good weapons. I think that it's another situation kind of like the Texans game where garbage time could be your friend if Cincinnati blows it open early. I still don't really like Cincinnati's secondary. Uh, they brought Eli Apple back. I know he was good in the regular season, but I do acknowledge Pittsburgh has a decent amount of weapons. Uh, Deontay's pretty good. Claypool's a head case, but he's talented. They, mm-hmm. have, they have some weapons, so I'll go with the over. Mostly banking on Cincinnati to just torch the secondary once again like they did last year. All right. Let's move on to the next game of the slate. We have the Philadelphia Eagles playing the Detroit Lions, where my alma mater, North Carolina Agricultural and Technical State University, it banned the blue and gold marching machine. We'll be playing at halftime. Yes. Shout out to Aggie alum Brad Holmes for making that happen. Super, super dope. All right. 48 and a half is the total right now. Opened up at 46 and a half. Team total for the Eagles is 26 in this game. Team total for the Lions, 21 and a half. Got another dome situation here. Scott, what are you doing with this one? 48 and a half. So there's been a decent amount of money on the over as well, going from 47 to 48 and a half. Do I think the Lions offense is actually going to be good? Because they drafted Jamison Williams, who's supposed to be a big play receiver. He's mm-hmm. still injured. He's not going to play in this game. Goff is still the quarterback. We don't exactly like him. Uh, you're looking at the rest of the receiving core. I'm a big fan of Amon Ross St. Brown. Do I like any of the other weapons? Not really. They do have a good ground game with Swift and Williams as a two-headed monster there. Hawkinson's mm-hmm. a good tight end. Is the offensive line good? Not really. Uh, meanwhile, you have the Eagles. The offense should be much improved with A.J. Brown. The offensive line is still solid. It's not as good as it used to be, but it's still very solid. And the defense, they got Gardner Johnson. They brought Slay back. They just have a good overall team. I'm going to lean to the under in this one. And I'm a little bit confused why this has gone up a point and a half. Maybe mm-hmm. because Campbell's so aggressive on fourth down, they just think that he's going to have a couple of conversions and they'll settle for a couple t- and they'll uh, score some touchdowns instead of settling for some field goals. I really just don't like this Lions offense right now. And I get that there are some pieces that are intriguing, but Jared Goff is still your quarterback. So you automatically limit the upside of this team. I'm going mm-hmm. the under. I-, I just think that they're expecting the Eagles with Hertz at quarterback to absolutely explode in this game. And I don't think the Eagles are a quick strike offense either. We know Hertz is capable of making some big throws, but he's mostly a game manager. We know the Eagles love to run the ball like they did in the second half of last year. I don't see enough quick strike offensive uh, plays or touchdown drives. I like the under. I think this number's a little bit too high, and I think they're banking on the Lions to do a lot offensively that I'm not sure they're capable of. So I'm going to go with the under. So these two teams played last year. Well, one team showed up. The other team didn't show up. Yeah. Yeah. So one team played, other team was there. Yeah. And where the Eagles absolutely dominated them, 44 to 6. This, I think, 
has been the single hardest game for me to handicap on the entire slate. When I'm talking about side, total, money line, everything, I think this is the single hardest game that I've had to handicap the entire slate because I have no idea what's going to happen in this game. I have no idea. Like, I, I can't even formulate an opinion because I'm sitting here and I'm like, okay, Eagles are supposed to be really, really good this year. They have very good defense. Offenses got A.J. Brown. They're supposed to be look a little bit better. And then we come on this Lions team, and I know everybody's like, oh, well, don't feed into the hard knocks lot to the hard knocks logic, but the Lions did make some improvements. Do I think that they're going to be this all-world beater that some people are betting on them? No, absolutely not. But I think they're going to be – well, They it's really hard to be worse than what they did last year. I'll give them six or seven wins. Yeah. Probably six. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's good for them. I think that's really good for them. Uh, I didn't feel great about the over-under in this game either, but if I'm yeah, one, I'll, I'll I, go with the under. You're getting really close to 50 here. And am I going to sit here and say, I think it's closer. I think, but I think Detroit, especially that defense, I think they remember last year and they're like, we're not going to let them go out here and score 44 points again. You also like, had a defensive touchdown at. or two, which helped. For yeah. So, so I think this, I think this Lions team is going to take that to heart a little bit. It literally just happened last year. Like you don't get automatic rematches up like this out of t- all the time out of comp, out of division. And so, yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm going to go with the under 48 and a half. I think the defense shows up a little bit more. I'm, I know there's going to be some scoring, but I haven't decided what I'm doing on total this game yet, to be honest. I think I just went ahead and took the points, but I, I don't know. I'm not betting this game at all, but if I had a lane, it's to the under. It's Hurts against Goff. If I'm leaning anyway, it's the under. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the next game on our slate, and it is the... New Orleans Saints traveling to Atlanta to play the Atlanta Falcons. Line is set at 42 and a half. Team total for the New Orleans Saints is 23. Team total for the Atlanta Falcons, 17 and a half. Another dome game here. All right. I... I see that this number has come up half a point. Open it for you, too. I see it's come up half a point. I feel like I'm leaning to the under because does anybody know what to expect in this game? No. Like, there's so many. There's a huge range of outcomes for this game. And I think majority of it, not like eight, seven, eight times out of ten, I have Atlanta keeping it close. But do I think these both of these teams just get into a shootout? I don't know. I don't know. That, I mean, it's in the realm of possibility, but there's so many question marks. You have Marcus Mariota coming in. We don't know what that offense looks with him behind the helm. We don't know what it looks like without Calvin Ridley, and you're relying on Kyle Pitts, Drake London, and Cordell Patterson. I don't know what it look, that offense looks like. And on the other side of the ball, I don't know what, what Javis Winston is going to look like coming back from that energy, that injury. I don't know what he's going to look like coming back from that injury. I don't know what Michael Thomas, if he's even mind is in playing football for the Saints. I I, I don't know. They brought in Chris he's Olave. All, he's also been battling an injury in camp. So. Yeah. And they bring in Chris Olave, who I think is an absolute stud. And I've already gone on record by saying that I think Chris Olave is going to score a touchdown in this game. So I think there's going to be at least seven points scored because I've gone on record plenty of times telling everybody I think that he's going to catch a long ball touchdown for this game. And then 
start the Chris Olave campaign. There's nobody higher on Chris Olave than me. But I can't sit here and say for certain that I think that this Saints offense is just going to click. And if I think about what happened, it wasn't gunslinger Jameis last year in those, what, seven games that he played before he got injured? No, he was a check. He was very conservative. Very conservative. So new head coach. I don't know what the Saints are going to do. I don't know what the Falcons are going to do. I'm taking under. What are you doing? I'm going to go with the over in this one. Uh, I don't feel great about it, but judging on the type of teams we saw last year, uh, you had Trevor Simeon against the Falcons uh, with against the Washington Matt Ryan. Mm-hmm. That game landed 52. Then you had Taysom Hill against the Falcons in week 18, and that game landed 50. So even with crappy quarterbacks playing the game, uh, they got the 50 in each of the two meetings. Mm-hmm. The Saints defense, I think, is solid, but I am kind of intrigued by what we might see with the dual threat ability of Mariota or maybe even Ritter or some combination in this game. And mm-hmm. I think that the weapons of Pitts and London could create problems in the one-on-one. Uh, Corderell, I'm not a big fan of for fantasy purposes this year long term because I think he might get hurt at some point, but it's week one, so I think he'll be a solid factor here. I'm going to go with the over, though, because I don't really like anybody on the Falcons' defense besides Terrell. Uh, Jones is a pretty good run, uh, linebacker, but he gets hurt all the time, too. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the over because I do think the Falcons might be able to unleash a garbage-time extraordinaire performance here if they're mm-hmm. getting blown out early on. But the Saints-Falcons games are always weird. You always see a lot of random shenanigans. You see a couple of really weird plays, maybe a defensive score. I just think this number is a little bit too low. I'm just so low on Atlanta's defense. <laughs> I think the Saints could potentially get to 28. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, you're looking at a pretty solid spot for an over. I'm going to go with a 28-20 to 20 type game. I'm going to go with the over. Yeah. I'm just so I'm just so low on Atlanta's defense. I'm just so low <laughs> on that unit. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't like them, but I think I don't know. I think they possibly could be middle of the pack. Maybe I don't know. Whatever. All right, I don't like that game. Next game, we have the New England Patriots playing the Miami Dolphins in Miami. Forty six and a half is the total here for this game. Opened up at forty four and a half, and. Where's my team totals? There we go. Team total for the Patriots, 21 and a half. Team total for the Dolphins, 24 and a half. I will sit here and, well, let me, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm excited because I've already have another lock already. Let's go and let's just make sure nothing, 91 degrees humid as fuck. Remember, this is freaking Florida in September. Humid as hell. 50% 50% chance of rain. 50% chance of rain, says Scott. I see about 8 to 10 mile winds. Yeah, give or take. All right. The Dolphins' defense is the only thing that can screw me in this game. Because I have made a pack with myself, and I'm going to see where I end at the end of the season, that I am going to take the team total under for the Patriots in every single game. Every game. I don't care who they're playing. I don't care what the weather says. I don't care what's going on. I'm just going to fade the Patriots offense in every single game. They may win and still hit the under. 
I do not think this Patriots offense is going to be good at all this year without Josh McDaniels. They don't even have a coordinator. They are taking orders from multiple people. I I don't think Bill's stepping in on that side of the ball. I think he's going to let Matt Patricia and Joe Judge figure it out. And if those are the two names to figure it out, I love my chances. So I'm going to give you my next lock for the week. And you can go ahead and expect it to be my lock for the week for the rest of the season. Give me the Patriots team total under 21 and a half. Already, you could tell me nothing, and I'm hard-pressed to find three touchdowns from the Patriots. Yeah, you mentioned the coordinators who will be calling plays. It's worth mentioning that Joe Judge has a special teams background, and Patricia has a defensive background, and they're calling offensive plays. Something doesn't make any sense about this, and it really feels like Belichick... It has applied to the draft for a couple years because Belichick's been an atrocious drafter recently and nobody talks about it. Mm-hmm. It feels like Belichick's at the point in his career where he tries to be the smartest guy in the room every time, and he decided after McDaniels left that he was going to just let these two guys showcase how good they are at calling plays. I think it's going to blow up in, in his face. I don't think either should be calling offensive plays. They should have went out and actually gotten an offensive guy, and the fact they didn't, I think, is hilariously dumb. Uh, I don't think New England's going to be very good this year. However, you have Tua... With the Dolphins and Tyree Kill, we know, is there. Uh, they have a pretty interesting ground game because it seems like Chase Edmonds really did a great job in camp and he's supposed to be the starter. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but it doesn't change the fact that Tua is not exactly known for throwing the ball downfield. And I don't think he's going to start airing it out 20 something times a game. You know, I think he's going to be a check down guy still. So I have to like the under in this game. The reason why there has been over movement is because Byron Jones is still out. He's officially mm-hmm. been, been ruled out for week one, and we know that him and Xavier Howard's probably the best cornerback tandem in the league. Can I say oh, that? man. I mean... They're very, very good. It's a, Yeah, it is. I, I think I think this year, Jair Alexander and Eric Stokes in Green Bay are going to take that. I think it's close, but Stokes, uh, Stokes, I need to see a bigger role. Over the past, over the past two seasons, yes, absolutely. I think that is absolutely Byron and Xavier Howard. They've been balling. So that's the concern. But you have two quarterbacks who don't exactly excel at throwing the ball downfield. Now, Tua might change that because he has Tyreek, but a reminder, Devontae Parker, I was never a big fan of, but he was also a big play receiver, and mm-hmm. Tua never took shots with him either. So I don't exactly know why they expect Tua to just air it out and start being a gunslinger. That's not who he is. Mac Jones is definitely not that either. Give me the under. I see a lot of really long drives. Is there a guarantee that either team's going to score a touchdown every time in the red zone? No. You might get a couple of really long field goal drives because both teams Mm -hmm. will buckle down inside the 20. Give me the under. I think that this total is way too high. I don't don't think that either team is a guarantee to get the 24. In this game, you, you might see 23-17. You might see 2017. I don't know if it really matters. I'm going with the under. Until I see Tua or Mac or both air it out on a regular basis. And it's kind of ironic because Devontae Parker actually went to New England and he's been hurt. What else is new? So I don't know if he's even going to be a factor in this game. I, I got to go with the under because even if Miami blows it open, let's say Miami scores 30. Is there a guarantee that New England scores 17? No. So I'm taking the under. 
Yeah, I'm with you on the under, but I, my best bet is that team total for New England. I just don't think New England is going to get over three touchdowns. Over? I don't know. I don't think they're going to. I think they'll probably score down. 17. All right, let's move on to our next game of the slate. We have where are where am I at? Oh, there we go. Oh, it's my game in the city, Charlotte, North Carolina. Cleveland Browns are there for to play the Carolina Panthers. Total set at 41 and a half. Opened up at 43. Let's scroll over here and see the team totals. We have Cleveland Browns set at 19 and a half. Carolina Panthers at 21 and a half. And while I'm pulling up a weather report here for this game, looking like about 50% chance of rain. It, it actually looks like it should be raining in the beginning of this game. It might be, it might dial down, but you should expect rain to happen in this game. Little bit, little humid, 70 degrees, two to three mile an hour winds. All right. I'm not taking over which Jacoby Brissett. Of course. Baker Mayfield. Like, That's all what? you have to say. You didn't even have, what? To, you didn't have to say Baker we can Mayfield. Move, we can move past this game super quick. I'm not taking an over with those two quarterbacks. I don't, even know if, I don't even know if Baker matters. I'm not taking an over with Jacoby Brissett. <laughs> and you look at the receivers that they have. They have Cooper and uh, Cooper. Like David uh, Bell. I know, I, I'm, I'm joking. Bell. I know they got yeah, David Bell. I, I was I, about I to say, guy. I'm trolling. Yeah, you know that's my guy. You I, know, I wasn't going to let you. I wasn't going to let you do that. To I know. My guy. <laughs> I'm trolling, but the, the point is, you look at Cleveland's receiving core. There's a lot of questions. Yeah, let's sure. put it that way. Mm-hmm. Now the Browns' offensive line is still good. It's not as good as it used to be, but it's still good. Mm-hmm. But you're trying to go into the mind of a head coach, and you know they're going to try to run the ball with Chubb thirty something times, or Chubb and Hunt in some capacity. Oh, I think Chubb and Hunt. They might both have twenty touches in this game. They might. The point is, Brissett will be the ultimate game manager in this game. They have seen the film. They know that Brissett is not a guy you want to let throw the ball more than twenty five times. Brissett might attempt like eighteen passes if if Stefanski had his way and game flow dictated it. So since they're going to run the ball a lot, it's a lot of running clock. Cincinnati's def- uh not since sorry, uh, Cleveland's defense is decent. I think that's a safe way to put it. I think Carolina's defense is actually underrated, especially with mm-hmm. Horn being back. I actually I think like they're that very unit. underrated. That's what I was saying. I think, I think these Horn's defenses good. are good. Yeah. But you mentioned Mayfield, we know he can throw some uh throw some interceptions here and there. They stole McCaffrey, so they're going to try to definitely get him heavily involved in the game plan. It's another lack of big strike type of game for me where I don't exactly trust either team to generate huge plays. I guess I trust Carolina more because you have McCaffrey and more. So maybe you can break one. I just don't see it. You mentioned the weather angle too. I'm going with the under because I'm basically daring Jacoby Brissett to do anything in this game. And I think as a result, you're going to end up seeing a very, very ugly 20 to 17 type game. I'm going with the under. All right. We're both set on that. We don't have to talk about that yeah, anymore. I, I don't. But we all pretty much know how we're liking that. If you want to take it over with Brissett, I'm rooting for you. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Let's slide over to the next game. We have the Jacksonville Jaguars playing the Washington Commanders. 43 and a half is the total. Opened up at 44 and a half. 
Let me get into a magic win bet box. And we have a team total for the Jags at 19 and a half. Team total for the Commanders at 23 and a half. Let's go slide here. An injury report for FedEx Field. Looks about 80, 80 degrees. Doesn't look like, uh, it looks like an overcast, no rain in sight. Four to six mile an hour winds. I think this is an over. I think this is an over. Because... I actually don't think I actually don't think it's because of Washington. I'm I'm not saying that I'm I'm not giving it to Carson Wentz at all. I truly think that this is wrong team favor. I think the Jags are going to come in here and beat the shit out of Washington. Like I think the Jags are going to come in, flex their muscles. They're going to get that stench of last season off of them, and nothing more poetic to come and bounce back from whatever the fuck Irvin Meyer had going on last season. Than to go up here and run the score up on the commanders where they brought in Carson Wentz. Their season is already limited from bringing in Carson Wentz. I think their their season's already over. Oh, yeah, it's basically over. But I I like Doug Peterson. I think Doug Peterson actually had me sweating. He he actually was a coach that would make me sweat with how how he made off. Carson Wentz, look, he made Carson Wentz look really, really good for one year. Now, we didn't realize that that was going to be super duper hard, but it actually was an incredibly hard thing to do. So I just think I actually like what the Jags did in offseason and the money that they spent all bringing all those players on offense. I think that they're going to find a way to put it together and they're going to look really good for this game. And I actually think that they're not going to be terrible over the course of the season. I think the Jags beat the shit out of it. I love the Jags team total over 19 and a half. I think that that's kind of a little bit more of an Urban Meyer team total than what a Doug Peterson team total should be. Give me the over 44 just because I think the Jags do most of the scoring and Washington scores something eventually. I find that team total extremely low, especially for Jacksonville, because I don't think Washington's defense is very good, especially with Chase Young being out for the first probably month or so Washington's defense had a big reputation after two years ago. They made the playoffs, lost to the Buccaneers competitive game. That was the Heineke game. Then the year after they were expected to be this unit defensively and they sucked for pretty much the entire year. And now people are expecting Ron Rivera to get the defense back on track. I'm not exactly sold on that prognosis. I don't think this defense is very good. Now, Jacksonville did make some moves during the offseason. They are most well-known for sabotaging the entire wide receiver contract market, but I don't think their defense is any good. So it's really a tricky spot. You're, you like Peterson, or you think he's pretty good. I don't. I don't think he's very good. I think that Frank Reich was the mastermind behind Wentz's uh, MVP caliber year before Wentz got hurt. Mm-hmm. And then Reich left, and Wentz fell apart after that. So... I don't really like either quarterback in this matchup. I'm not sure if I like either offense in this in this matchup, but I definitely hate both defenses in this matchup. So <laughs> I think I'm going to go with the over. I don't feel great about this, but I do think that either team could definitely generate big plays against either secondary in this spot. And Jacksonville has a new coaching staff. You still have Lawrence. You got Christian Kirk. You have ETN who's finally playing an NFL game. You have some weapons. You have some toys that you might try out. 
because you didn't really get to see them with this current coaching staff or even at all last year with ETN's case. And on the other side, you have Washington. Wentz can throw the deep ball. They still have McLaurin. They still have uh, Dotson, who they just got, who I'm a big fan of. Mm-hmm. And the ground game, crazy what happened to Robinson, unfortunately, and hopefully he'll make a full recovery and be back by the end of the year. But they still have Gibson. They still have McKissick. They have some weapons. I think I'm going to go with the over. I hate this, but I saw Jacksonville give up basically 40-something points to Tyrod Taylor last year in week one. Mm-hmm. And it's completely warped my mind. I'm going with the over. I don't feel great, but I'll go with the over. All right. Uh... It's a rare. It's one of those rare cases where I hate both offenses, but I hate both defenses more. Yeah, it's kind of how I'm handicapping the total. Uh, over, I guess. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. All right. Like, uh, it's an ugly game. It is, but I do and, like. I really do yeah. think I. I bet in Jasper because I think Jasper is going to look better. By the way, I said 40-something. Houston scored yeah. 37 in week one. Whatever. Yeah. So, all right. Let's move on because got to get through here out of here quickly. New York Giants. My New York Giants playing the Tennessee Titans in Tennessee. Opened up at 44.5 down to 43.5. Looking for some weather in this one. Not. I'm seeing a human in overcast. Not seeing anything on rain-wise. By 80 degrees. Six, I, see, I see also 50%. 50% chance of rain here? Okay. Uh, six, five to six mile an hour winds, somewhere around there? Yep. All right. I'm not going to spend much time on this for the record. I'm just going to take the under. Yeah, I'm not taking I mean, the Giants over. I don't know what the Titans are supposed to do yeah. offensively. You lost A.J. Brown. Your receiving core is a rookie in Burks who might be good. We'll see. You have... Robert Woods, who I liked, but he's off an ACL injury, so you wonder how he's going to look. Derrick Henry's off a serious injury, but you know Tennessee still wants to run the ball 30-something times a game. Uh And Tannehill's still your quarterback, so your upside's capped. And you're looking at the Giants. Daniel Jones is still there. Now, you can make a case that Dable's going to be able to tap into some untapped potential. Not in week one for me. I think that's going to be a work in progress. Uh I don't like the offensive line. For the Giants, Barkley's healthy, so that counts for something. But I'm just looking at this overall team. They have a lot of decent receivers. They don't have any real number ones. And Galladay is a borderline healthy scratch at this point because of his lack of effort in preseason. He's a total lost cause, Galladay, at this point. Mm -hmm. But since neither team has amazing weapons in the passing game, I'm going to go with the under because I just think this number is a bit too high. I'm terrified of our secondary. I think That's our secondary is I think our secondary is one of the worst secondaries preseason in all of football. And I you also that. shipped off Bradbury, so. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm really sick about that too. Uh I think the secondary is really really bad. I just don't think Tennessee's going to air it out enough to exploit the secondary on a regular basis. But that's the thing. For for as long as I can remember, I feel like I don't know. I just feel like I'm terribly upset at our run defense every single year like every year somebody is just able to run the ball all over us and it's derrick henry this is the comeback i think that is going to be a ground and pound game from the titans ultimately i i don't know i think the titans do win this game and i think we start off on one i'm leaning towards the under but 
our secondary is the thing that's kind of scaring me on it because I just truly don't know who's to stop anybody. But I don't know what the offensive weapons for the Titans are going to look out on the outside as well. Hopefully, this is a slow game. This is an ugly game. And our secondary does look good. That way we get some better numbers next week. And then we can absolutely fade the hell out of the, the over. And I mean, well, take the over because our secondary is trash and they'll give up a bunch of touchdowns to a good quarterback and a good outside tandem. So 18 and a half was that team total for the Giants and 24 and a half was that team total for the Titans, if anybody was wondering. I literally see a 24 to 17 game, so I'm not touching either team total. Yep. All right. Let's move on to the next game of the slate. We have the Kansas City Chiefs and the Arizona Cardinals. 53 is what it opened at. It is now sitting at 53 and a half. 54 on win bet. 28 is the team total for the Kansas City Chiefs. 24 and a half is the team total for the Arizona Cardinals. I'm just going ahead and say it now. And I'm I'm not going to scream it from the rooftops because I don't feel like doing all that. Over, 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 over. I, I don't think the care. Chiefs might go for 40. I I do not care. If there's ever a game for a same game parlay of touchdowns, it is this one here. I think these offenses are about to let loose. And I'm not going to lie, there's a very decent possibility that you are close to cashing your over in the first half. I hate Arizona's defense. Absolutely hate Arizona's defense. The Chiefs' defense leaves much to be desired. However, the best way to beat the Chiefs is running the football. Arizona's not going to commit to running the football. <laughs> They're going to go try to go stride for stride with the Chiefs. If Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs get out fast, Arizona is going to start throwing the football to keep up. And I don't trust the Chiefs enough to hold that for the entirety of the game. I think this flies over the total. All the way over the total. This is a lock for me. Give me a, a lock on. I'll give I'll even take win bets 54. Shop your lines, but I'll take win bets 54 right now. Lock it up. This game's going over. Scott, do you have anything that uh the only concern I have is with Kyler Murray potentially having double XP weekend and he might not be able to, you know, play well. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I got I got to go with the over. I mean, you're I in a dome. Find the double XP weekend schedule. You're in a dome in Arizona, which helps. But the Chiefs, all the Chiefs have heard the entire offseason is, well, Tyreek's not there. So the offense is probably screwed. I'm, I'm sure they have a nice game plan in store and a metaphorical middle finger to give to every doubter that they had. I think they're going to kill this team. Uh, Arizona, I don't think is very good. Defensively, they lost Chandler Jones, who was basically their entire pass rush, and he ended up going to the Raiders, of course. Is the secondary good? No. Is the linebacking core good? Kind of. Linebacking core is actually intriguing for Arizona if they actually let some of the young guys they drafted play a bunch of snaps, and that just has not been the case for the past couple of years. But give me the over. Chiefs team total over. What number did you say it was? Chiefs team total over 28. I straight up think they're going to score 40 in this game. So I'm going with the over. If they win this game 40 something to 20 something, would you be surprised? Of course not. No. So I'm going with the over. I got my homes. I got my homes on my fantasy team. It's a dream matchup for me. Week one. Let's kick <laughs> some ass. Let's score 42 points. Let's let's get out of here. All right. 
Moving on to the next game of slate, we have the Green Bay Packers and the Minnesota Vikings. 48 and a half is the total. Stay true at 48 and a half. Going over 24 and a half for the Packers, 23 for the Vikings. They expect this to be a close game. I actually don't know what I want to do with this total. Scott, I'm going to throw it over to you first. What you want to do? I was going to throw it back to you. <laughs> if I had to pick, but I, we'll, we'll, I'll ask, what's your hold up on both sides? What do you mean? What's what would what would keep you from taking an over and what would keep you from taking an under? So what keeps me from taking an over, I mean an under, is Aaron Rodgers is still really good. And I think that Minnesota has the offensive capability with Dalvin Cook and with Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins being a pretty decent quarterback. To keep up. And the fact that this is not a primetime game, so Kurt is going to have his whole arsenal with them because, you know, he mm. doesn't show up in primetime games. The reason that I don't like the over is because I think both of these defenses are up this year, especially the Packers. I really like the Packers defense this year, but I think the Vikings defense is better. And so I'm, mm, it looks like. 56% of bets on the under, 83% of money. It looks like sharps are on the under a little bit. It's very tricky because I picture a field goal game. I'm just trying to figure out what the score of the, of the winning team is. <laughs> yeah. You know? It's like either the winning team scores 27 and it goes over, or the winning team scores 24 and the game goes under. That's kind of where I'm at. I think I'm going to lean to the under if I had to pick a side because the Vikings want to apparently open the offense up more. And mm-hmm. let Cousins throw the ball more. That could result in more interceptions. So we'll see what happens there. <laughs> but with a new coach, you always wonder how a team's going to look week one. And we talked about it before. Yes, the Vikings do have Jefferson and they have Thielen, but the Packers have Alexander and Stokes. And I think that their secondary is up for the challenge. So I do think you're going to see some issues offensively for Minnesota. Meanwhile, Green Bay has basically no weapons in the entire passing game. Uh, you're not going to sell me on Sammy Watkins or Randall Cobb or uh, some of these veterans. I know they have some young talent. I like uh, Dobbs a lot. I think he's solid. Mm-hmm. Do I know if Watson's very good? Not really. I don't know if he's good or not. So I don't trust the weapons that Green Bay has. I do like the secondary for both teams. I, I'm i going to go with a 24-21 to 21 type game, 24-20 type game, mm-hmm. maybe even 23-20. I actually like Minnesota to win this game if you kind of want a hot take there, but Hmm. I'm going to go with the under. I think you're going to see some growing pains from both teams that had so much turnover, either schematically or just actual roster moves for either side. Give me the under. I think you're going to see a competitive game. I'm going to lean over. Okay. I think it's just, and it's really just going to be because of history. Because... If you take this total, it went in their last four games, three and one. Yeah, yeah. it looks like three and one here. Three and one over the last four games. And I I see Aaron Rodgers trying to flex his muscles that, hey, I know Devontae Adams is gone. I can still score points with this offense. But I also see the Vikings not getting blown out in this game, and I do think it's a close game like you were saying. So if I think Aaron Rodgers is going to score points and I think the Vikings are going to keep it close, that means they have to score points too. 
I'll just lean over, but I don't like it. I'm not touching this game. Yeah, I'm not touching it either, but uh, yeah. If I'm leaning to a side, I'd pick Minnesota. I think that they're a bit undervalued here. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the next game of the slate. We have the Las Vegas Raiders playing the Los Angeles Chargers. Basically, a home game for the Raiders. <laughs> Pretty much. But it's in L.A. 51 and a half is what it opened at, currently sitting at 52. I'm going to start off with something simple here. Hold on. Let me give you the team totals. Real oh, quick. Okay. Sorry. Raiders team total over 24. Los Angeles team total over 28. Do any of us want to make a case for the under? Because I'm not making a case for the under. I don't know if you are. No, I wasn't. I mean, I think that I think both defenses have improved, but I'm not gonna go out there and say on a limb and say that I'm about to do that now. No. I still don't like the Raiders secondary. I know you were higher on them during the AFC West breakdown, but I'm still not sold on how they're gonna match up against Mike Williams and Keenan Allen and all these guys. Mm-hmm. So I think that Herbert should air it out. Carr has Adams, and truth is their ground game's not great right now. So I do think you might see them open it up a bit more through the passing game. It's Josh McDaniels. They're definitely opening it up in the passing That's game. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. I'm going to go with the over because I just see a lot of pass attempts, and I think you're going to see a lot of breaks in coverage. And it's Brandon Staley. So I know for a fact that if this fourth and short, they're going for it. Yeah. Whether they get it, we'll see. But they're going for it. And matter of fact, the Raiders defense might not be at the level right now to stop them from getting it. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of touchdowns. I'm going with the over. Matter of fact, I'll go ahead and I didn't get a drop board, so I can get some lock music going on, but I'll lock that up too. I like the over. I'll lock it. I agree. I'll probably get to the window on that bet sometime. I, I think week. either team could get to 30 in this game, so I have to like the over. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the Sunday night game primetime. They have. Apparently, America's team in Dallas Cowboys in Dallas welcoming the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Total set at 50, 50 on the dot. Opened up at 51 and a half. Same total for the... Let's see. Oh, wait. I lost it. Same total for the Dallas Cowboys is... Oh, no. That's the long game. There we go. Same total for the Dallas Cowboys is 25. Same total for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers... 26. Hmm. I don't know what I want to do here. What are you doing? I'm going to go with the under. I don't feel great about it, uh, but I have to at least acknowledge how brutally decimated both offensive lines are. Absolutely. And how the offensive lines for both teams just got ravaged by injury all offseason. Now, the Cowboys don't have much of, of uh, I'd say, Defensive playmakers. We know Lawrence was a bit quiet last year. Parsons is ridiculous. I mean, that's a given. And Diggs was good last year, but that was also because he gambles on every single passing play. So uh-huh. either he gets an interception or he gets burned for 80 yards. And that's kind of how it goes every single game. But Brady looked good in limited preseason action. Dak, I believe, did not play in the preseason. But based on the injuries to the offensive line, I'm going to go with the under. And I think that people will blindly take the over because you have Brady and Prescott and what happened last year and that crazy opening game. But there's a reason why the line has dropped roughly two points. Yeah. I think the over is a trap. I think both teams are going to struggle to actually pass protect. I think you're going to see a lot of short passes, a lot of pretty ugly red zone execution potentially for both teams. Plus, I know that Brady has some weapons, but he lost his security blanket. 
mm-hmm. well as Gronk. And Gronk was always his go-to guy on third down. I'm kind of curious who he's going to pivot to. I would probably guess Mike Evans, but we'll see. But either way. Mike Evans is in Tom Circle Trust. I'm going to say, I'm, I'm going to go with the under. I like the line movement, but it's mostly based on injury. I think these offensive lines are going to be extremely underwhelming this season. I'll go with the under. Yeah, you want me with, with the offensive line. I was teetering. It is rough. Over, but- for both the offensive teams. line, yeah, the offensive lines are really, really bad. And even though I don't think Dallas's defense is up this year, they definitely can get – like, I like their front seven, and I think their front seven actually can do some damage against that offensive line. You, so, have, yeah. you have Lawrence and Parsons, and I think that they can take turns just knocking Brady to the ground. Yeah, so. all right. We're on the under 50 here. Let's move on. Last game of the slate, Monday night. We have the Denver Broncos and the Seattle Seahawks opened up at 41 and a half, currently sitting at 43. What was the thought process behind booking this game for Monday night? What was the thought process? Before oh. Wilson even left, you were going to have Drew Locke potentially as a quarterback on one of these sides. You, <laughs> you have Geno Smith, but like, what are we doing here? Maybe watching a dub. This. This could be the trappiest game of the week. This is a six and a half point spread. This could actually be the trappiest game of the week. I, I, I watched Seattle in preseason. I, I know that preseason isn't always an end-all be-all. But, but holy Pete, fuck, they're really bad. Pete Carroll takes the preseason seriously compared to other coaches. So I yeah. did see yeah. Gino play. I saw a lot of starters play. This really team sucks. This team really is bad. awful. I think Denver's going to kill this team. But... I think the total's tricky because you might just see Wilson go ultimate revenge game nuclear, and he might go for four touchdowns, and the Broncos might score like 35. 23 is the team total for the Broncos, and 18 and a half is the team total for the Seahawks. Okay, so 23 is way too low for a team total, just to be it's clear. It's minus 155. <laughs> They're going to go over. I mean, 24 is a key number. I could see them finishing around 27. But you mm-hmm. really might see when uh, Wilson just absolutely blow the doors down and just completely destroy this team for 303 touchdowns. I wouldn't be surprised. Would you be surprised? No, not at all. Does Seattle have a good defense? No, no, not at all. I and mean, they invested in a bunch of money on Jamal Adams and he sucked since they had him. So I'm not sold on this defense at all. Denver's defense, I am. But. Oh, boy, do Am I really relying on Geno Smith garbage time? Like, is this what the game comes down to for a total? Yep. 100% does, which is why if I had to make a lean anywhere in this ugly, disgusting game, I'm going to lean to the over, but I'm not touching it. If I'm taking anything, it's Denver team total over. Yeah. Because I'm leaving here with something, and it's going to be Denver (laughs) team total over. I like that. Scott. I like that. I like that. You got some cool points right there. Thank you. All right. That's enough for this. Denver Broncos tends to over over for the game slight lane, but definitely Denver Broncos tends to over. Man, this went long. This went longer than normal. We're going to clean this up and make this a little bit shorter for you. But before we get into our best bets for the totals, I'm going to talk to you about. Oh, I lost it. No. By the way, why you pull? Because we are the home of competition and they are hosting our NFL Survivor Contest where you can have a chance to win $500 cash and a $250 gift certificate to the SGPN merch store. 
go ahead, head over to play.runningpool.com slash SGPN. They have different stuff from Pick'em, Survivor, Fantasy Pool. So if you don't want to just do our Survivor contest, then go check something else out and start a home league or anything on Run Your Pool. But we have that Survivor contest at play.runningpool slash SGPN. We also have Odds Trader. Look, best place to compare odds from all the major sports books. And you can get different sign-up codes, promotions, all of that. They offer player statistics, key game statistics. They offer weather for our totals. You can get weather information, all of that stuff off of Odds Trader and a bet tracker to track all of your bets. Go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Odds Trader, the number one site for all of your game day bets. All right. I have a handful of best bets that I really like total-wise. And I'm going to give them out first because that's what the mojo's been given and everything else. So why would I switch that up for the NFL? I'm going to go ahead and lock that under for the Bills-Rams under two and a half. Well, how do you want to do this, by the way? Because there's not really many dogs. So oh, I, oh, I didn't. I was we were just going to give best bets. Oh, I was going to say, dogs. either we do yeah, best, best bets or maybe one lock and one team total. Yeah. Well, okay. All right. I like that. Let's do that. We'll do, we'll do a lock and a team total. Okay. So... For my lock, well, I'm not going to make, then no. I'm, well, I'm still locking that game. So that's de- the Bills-Rams is a lock. I'm just going to have some action on that first game of the year. I like that. But my lock for the show, and I'm going to go Rock Chalk because, man, I just think we're going to get fireworks. If it's a trap, I'm dead. One plus one equals two. Cardinals defense is really bad. Patrick Mahomes is really good. Cardinals actually can muster up offense. I'm taking over 54 in the Chiefs Cardinals game. That's my lock for my team total. I am just going to make it official. Give me the Patriots under 21 and a half. Minus 120 on one bet. I actually have no idea how they're going to get three touchdowns. So I'm going to be watching this game. So if they do get three touchdowns, I can see how and take that into further account. But I don't know how they're getting over three touchdowns in this game. I truly don't. I think this is going to be an ugly game on the offensive side. Maybe their defense steps up. I don't care. I just want the Patriots to be bad. Under 21 and a half. I really don't like this offense this year. And Joe Judge and Matt Patricia don't instill any confidence in me. Scott, what is your lock and your team total? So it's kind of funny you picked those two games because I had the same two games. You flipped it? But you I flipped, flipped it. it. Yes. I flipped it. Yes. But I might actually pivot on one of these, but I was going to do the Dolphins and Patriots under as my uh, best bet for the actual full game total. I think I'll switch it up just to be different. Yeah, give him something else. I am going to go a little bit public, but I really have to like the over in this game. It's going to be the Raiders and Chargers. Uh, 52 and a half, I get it. I understand that you think both defense will be improved. You're wondering about the uh, Raiders with McDaniels. They got Chandler Jones on defense with with, uh, Max Crosby. Maybe they can do something. But the Chargers offensive line is really good, and I think they'll be able to buy Herbert some extra time in the pocket. Mm. They have a lot of very good weapons. You know that Staley is aggressive as they come. And I really like the Raiders offense because of the weapons they have. Devontae Adams is great. We saw that they're working on a big extension for Waller. So I'm expecting him to have a very big piece in this offense. They still got Renfro. 
who's one of my favorite receivers in the league. I just think that he's a very underrated commodity. Uh, the ground game's not great, which is perfect for me because I want the Raiders to throw the ball 30-something times. I'm going with the over because I think you'll see a lot of big plays in the passing game. 52 and a half, I think, is a little too low. I think you're going to see a nail-biter. I think each team gets to 27, and you have a full-on track meet on your hands. If you want a highest-scoring game of the week option, I think this is an, a decent option for you. Give me the over yeah. 52 and a half. All right. And, and yeah, I got to do my team total. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Um, you said the Chiefs number was uh, 28 flat, right? Yes. I'm taking that all day, every day. I think they're going to score at least four touchdowns in this game. Arizona's defense, I just mentioned Chandler Jones going to the Raiders. He's leaving Arizona, and they didn't really do much to address the defense at all. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming we're in agreement that Arizona's defense is going to be one of the weaker defenses just based on actual personnel because I don't really like anything that they have. Yeah. So Mahomes, without Hill, his overall numbers of that Hill in his career are actually very good. But we know that Andy Reid and the enemy with a full off season to prepare for week one, they usually dominate week one. And I think that the Chiefs will have a very good game plan in store. Arizona's offense might look underwhelming too. We might see a couple of really bad turnovers by Kyler. It would not be it would not be that surprising for me. Maybe even a defensive score. Give me the over. I think twenty eight flats a gift. You can shop around. Most books have twenty eight and a half or even twenty nine and a half in some spots. But I think the Chiefs get to potentially thirty. I think the Chiefs potentially get to forty in this game. Give me the Chiefs team total over as my lock. All right. Anything else for people before we get about here? I know we took so much time today. We did, but we also were trying to figure out exactly how we we're going to break down each game. There's also a shit ton of games, which is good for <laughs> us, which is good and bad because yeah. there's a lot of games to bet on, but there's also a lot of games for us to cover. So it's going to be a long show every time. But it was fun going through totals. It's not exactly a market that a lot of people are automatically going to associate first with betting, mm-hmm. especially football. I am a pretty big totals better, usually for team totals. But looking forward to the NFL card. How can you not? It's week one. People have been waiting for this moment for months. So I'm looking forward to it. I'll be uh, traveling uh, to a casino for this one. I'm not going to Vegas, but I'll be in Mohegan Sun, which okay. is going to be fun. So, yeah, I'll be in front of a bunch of screens rooting for my bets, as I'm sure all of you will. All right. Everyone, make sure you subscribe to the NFL Gambling Podcast. If you're not doing so already, leave a review. Follow us on Twitter at SGPN NFL. Follow Scott at Russia Radio, me at really real underscore underscore. And I'm going to just give you some of your time back because we've taken forever and just let you know that I still haven't figured out my cool ending tagline that everybody else in SGPN has, but I don't. So we're just going to end the podcast like this. We're out.